Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He... Uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. So welcome back to another episode of On the Spot Sports, and I'm I'm Jack, and in today's episode we are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey goaltender and Team USA Olympian Pat Nagel. Pat is in his 12th pro season of professional hockey in the American Hockey League the, and the East Coast Hockey League, as well as being a part of the 2022 Olympic Games with Team USA. Pat has played in 36 North American Hockey League games in juniors, 101 NCAA games with Ferris State. 350 East Coast Hockey League games and 63 AHL games for a combined 413 professional games. Prior to turning pro, Pat spent time in the North American Hockey League for juniors before playing four years of NCAA Division I college hockey for Ferris State University before turning pro. So I'm really excited to have you on, Pat. So welcome to the show, Pat Nagel. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem. Doing, doing good, living the dream. So I really can't complain. How about you? Yeah, no, life is good. Uh, staying busy here. <laughs> Makes me laugh hearing how many games I've been a part of. Uh, that many more probably watching or open in the gate for, for the boys. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a long road. Yeah, absolutely. And like this year has been busy for you, particularly with traveling from Reading to Lehigh a lot. So, and you guys just had, um, what a three and three and three this weekend so yeah, uh, what, yeah not a, how, not a lot how is everything <laughs> yeah how is everything yeah been no then it's been great it? thanks uh yeah it's it's part of the road obviously there's a lot of ups and downs and yeah. uh you just take what's given and and be excited to play when you get your opportunities and enjoy it yeah exactly and before we before we hopped on to record uh you played in Springfield this past Sunday. So like how how was it? Like it was your first game of the season with Lehigh, I believe, right? It was, yeah. It was a three and three. So we were a little tired game at three PM. The travel is never easy, but uh we we played well. Um 
they uh, they took advantage of us in the third. We were three three heading to the third, and um, they were able to get a couple power play goals. And so uh, that's always tough, but it's uh, the way it goes. So you try to bounce back and uh, have a good game this coming week. Yeah, absolutely. And like so, like you played like as well as playing for Lee. How you played? For, you were playing for Reading as well. So like, how was it in Reading? Because you played your three and two over there, I believe, according to your elite prospects. Uh, so like, how's it over in Reading and just being able to like get get games when you can especially since it doesn't come like like you got to take advantage of every opportunity you can get yeah it was great um I was able to go down a couple times um when I wasn't getting minutes here and so I was able to get a couple games on the weekend or something like that so kind of had a slow start a little bit but uh got my feet under me and uh, I was able to have a couple games there uh at the end where you can contribute and help out the team yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the rest of your like pro career, I want to get into like your youth hockey days a little bit here. So you grew up in Bloomfield Township, Michigan. So uh, what was it like growing up in Michigan, especially since Michigan is a really like good hockey hockey state? Yeah, I was really fortunate there. Um, lived out on a lake, um, and so I was I was fortunate enough. My neighbor uh, Paul Woods played uh, professionally for a while, played for the Red Wings, and so. Uh, his son and I have been good buddies ever since, and uh, we grew up together, and he got us into it when we were pretty little, and started off as a forward, was enjoying that, and somehow got talked into goalie one day, and kind of ran with it from there. Yeah, so how how old were you when you first started hockey, and like when, like who got you into it? Yeah, he, he played a part, my, my dad played a part. Um, a lot of surrounding people, like you said, it's a it's a hockey hotbed to an extent. So uh, it was very popular. Uh, the Red Wings were really good then and, and doing well. And so they were fun to watch. Um, and it just kind of took off and enjoyed it more and more every year. Yeah. So like, do you have like a special moment where you're like, where you're, you're, you're playing a game and like, especially like when you turn goalie and you're like, this is what I want. I want to continue to be goalie. So for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Probably probably want that one back, but it's a little tough now. <laughs> um, no, it's been great. I'm sure it was a combo of the gear and, and the mask and everything like that. Uh, it was it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good ride. Yeah. So like you've had some some great setups in the past. Like what has been like some of your best setups, best masks uh, that you've worn, whether it be like in your youth days, junior college or even professionally? Yeah, I think now as you get older, you're spoiled. And then professionally, I mean, you get tons of masks, great painters, and, and they do a phenomenal job. And so I've been really lucky to have some good guys come up with some stuff. And even now for specialty games, like they might wrap a mask for you. Um, and, and so it's incredible how that industry has, has come along. But uh, I think the ones you really appreciate when you're younger, uh, getting your first painted mask is a pretty big deal, obviously, as a goalie. And then what your parents went through to, you know, do all that for you. You see how much it is. And at the time, I think you appreciate it, but you don't really know until you get older and you're like, yeah. holy smokes, like this, this is what they had to do for this. Like, it's crazy. I mean, just how expensive it all is um, playing along and, and going along that way. So, so it's pretty neat. Uh, you really begin to appreciate all of that as you get older. Yeah, absolutely. And like, do you usually just, is it usually, do you usually paint it or is it usually wrapped for, because I know a lot of goalies like will wrap it now instead of getting it like custom painted. Yeah, fortunate for us, um, every everything gets painted and, and done that way. But I've had some really neat wraps um, over the years, just trying stuff and seeing different things. And it, it's impressive how those come out. I, I don't know if you can totally tell 
uh, depending who does it, how it's done, but uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, and, like, especially in the hockey world, like, a lot of goalies, like, have, like, unreal paint jobs. Like, did you have any, like, idols that you would, like, try to get your mask to be as close to them as you can? I've seen some over the years, and you'll catch some stuff online and and see some photos and be like, oh, wow, that that one turned out really sharp, and maybe go after that. Because it's tough. Like, some of the painters now, they're so talented. Like, the details are incredible, but then it's kind of finding what looks nice from afar, what looks nice up close, and so – I've had some where it's like, you can't even tell what it is maybe from the other end of the ice. And then you get up close and you're like, Oh my God, this is incredible. And then vice versa. They might seem kind of simple up close and you look at it from the other end. You're like, wow, that, that turned out really sharp. So I think to each their own. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have different painters as well. And, and they've come up with some, some cool things on their own. Uh, I kind of like letting them do their thing. They're artistic and have the ability to kind of hop out of the box and, and come up with some stuff. Yeah, the, the some of the some of the simple ones like they just look super simple, and then when you get up close, like there's so many little details like within the the paint job that like you don't even notice unless you're actually like you actually know the goalie and like heard what everything means. Yeah, it's impressive. I, the detail is incredible, um, and like you said, there's there's things that you know show up when you don't even realize it. They're able to hide stuff and do some unique stuff within it, which is uh, pretty cool yeah exactly so who are who are some of the idols that you looked up to and like wanted to mold your game out of off of uh when i was really little there was like patrick wall martin brodeur uh van but there's a lot of those guys kind of trailing out and they were always impressive and then you know they hopped into like flurry and that was that next generation coming in like carrie price who's just so smooth and so easy and and then now yeah. like as you get older you're like oh man like you, you play against guys or see them in preseason or do stuff and so it's pretty funny um because then now obviously there's the next generation how young some of these guys are and how talented they are it's it's impressive yeah like every year like it's random like 18 year olds 19 year olds just come in and you're like wow like I, I'm, I'm a lot older than I than I thought I was no exactly it's incredible when you start looking at the at the birth dates and so it's pretty funny yeah exactly but uh do you have any like favorite memories from like your youth hockey days like growing up yeah I mean I, I had a blast we were fortunate enough to win some games over the years and um I would say my uh, my midget major year at Bell Tire, we won the state championships. It was pretty neat. That was like my first really, I mean, yeah, we had won tournaments and stuff like that when you were younger, but that was our first kind of like, as you're older, playing like pretty high-end hockey and, and finding a way to win was pretty neat. And then the next year I was even more fortunate and we, we won the national championship with St. Louis. And so that was that was really cool. That that's awesome. So like like you said, you're with Bell Tire and you were with CompuWare before that. So like, what was that development and growth throughout playing AAA hockey going into junior hockey, especially like those first two years of CompuWare and Bell Tire? Yeah, I was I was really lucky, um, just to have some good people around me and just have to keep battling every year. Um, just kind of always staying afloat, trying to make it to the next season. Uh, there's so many talented players in that area. And nowadays it seems like even half the teams are guys from out of state and it, it's pretty wild. And so it's gotten really competitive. And so just even to survive to make one of the top teams in Michigan was a big deal. And so I was lucky enough just to do that. And uh, you just kind of keep battling every year and stay afloat because there was just so many, so much turnover and, and so many new players. And so, yeah, I think that really helped just, you know, never could take a day off because you never know if you'd have a spot on a team for the next season. Yeah, uh, exactly. And like throughout like those t- 
two years, like you're planning on guys that are older than you. So like what were some of those like we're learning experiences when you're a younger player playing against older players that you need that you need to have to succeed? Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, there's definitely a learning curve. There's the nerves. There's, you know, doubting yourself. There's tons of things that go through your head as you say sit on the bench and the older guy plays the first night you know you're playing the next night you're watching a game you're like holy smokes these guys are flying like you know they're ripping shots they're huge this and that and it starts spiraling in your head and then you get in the game you kind of try to slow things down and get back to normal and and go from there yeah exactly and like you talked about like like the nerves and like the pressures like knowing knowing like everything that you've been through like now is like a 12-year pro like how how do you like combat those nerves and just like all those pressures that come with with playing the game? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they they still come back here and there, and you feel different things, and it's just a matter of trusting your game and knowing you've put in the work. And when you're younger, you're not sure about that. You're overanalyzing a lot, and you're always just kind of looking over your shoulder. Oh, who's watching? Who saw that? Like, did I screw that up? Like, what would they have said? Or, or you get the feedback after the fact. And so I remember like my first couple NHL camps and going through that. And you just look up during an inner squad scrimmage, and there's 20 scouts watching with a notebook, and you're just like, oh man, like, what am I doing here? And and it's easy to kind of fall down that road and. I mean, even this year in Philly, it's the same thing. You know, all the brass is watching everyone important that's that's doing it. And you just have to think, hey, you know, I did it for him last year. I can do it for him again and, and just play your game. But, uh, yeah, it's easy to it's easy to feel that negativity and kind of roll with it if, you know, you can give one up or want one back. And you just got to fight to that next save and just keep battling. Yeah, just got just got to play your game and stay stay positive and don't let all those negative thoughts come into your mind because once those do, like you, like you said, you overanalyze every single thing you do and you're like, did did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? And just it's just overanalyzing just to the T right there. Exactly, it's tough. It's a tough game to play already. You don't need to be fighting yourself. Yeah, exactly. And like like you said, uh, when you're with Bell Tire and AAA, you guys won the state championship that year. So. What was that you're like, especially since it was like your first, like, like you said earlier, like your first like real like win w- with a with a championship there? Yeah, it was awesome. I, I had a blast that year. Chris Corey was our coach. He'd been around a long time and he really just made us a team. Um, and so you were really we might not have had necessarily the best team on paper uh, going up against Honey Baked and Compure and Victory Honda, whoever else was uh, competitive that year. But uh, we just had a great group of guys and a lot of guys from all over. And just we built that team and just bonded as the year went on. And we'd start winning tournaments and doing stuff and doing well in the league. And it just kind of continued, continued, continued. And yeah, we were fortunate enough to win it all um, at the end of the year there at States. And we went on a decent run at Nationals, but more or less, it was just a really fun year. And I think that was kind of my last shot at hockey and really kind of took me over the hump that, yeah, this is something I really want to continue to push forward to. And, and at the time I was a senior in high school and you're like, Hey, am I going to school next year? I was playing baseball at the time, looking at some options there and you don't really know what you're going to do. And so luckily I was able to have a, a solid season to give me the opportunity to play juniors the next season. Yeah. So you got, you got that motivation from that season where you end up going to the North American hockey league the next year with the St. Louis bandits where played in 36 games going 24 eight and four and then going on a big championship run again so what, what was the process like to sign in St. Louis in the null did you get drafted or was it just an open tryout that you went to yeah I was actually drafted by Cedar Rapids um, I went to camp with them made their team 
And so at pretty much fall, I was ready to go to Cedar Rapids and they released my rights because they had drafted a guy in the futures draft and decided they wanted to go with a younger guy and an older guy instead of two older guys. And so it was one of those where you're kind of caught in the crosshairs and it was probably my first real rude awakening in hockey. Not that I hadn't been cut a million times over the years growing yeah. up, but it was, uh, it was definitely a little jarring. And I think that maybe helped me push that year of just proving that I belonged and wanted to work. And I was fortunate enough to get a call from St. Louis and John Cooper had just taken over there and, yeah, we we uh, we had a good team there, a good group of guys, and so it was a it was definitely a learning season for me. First time moving away from home, living on my not living on my own. We were in billets, obviously, but uh, just kind of learning all that process and and everything that goes through that. And that hockey was my main thing, and and it was time to focus on that if I wanted to take the steps to the next level. Yeah, exactly. It's like how was like just doing all that learning, especially like having like to live on technically live on your own but with a billet family and then just get step into another high level hockey like tier tier two junior two tier two juniors and just be able to learn everything you did to go on that run yeah it was great um we had a good group of guys and same thing we had had some older guys that had been around and they held guys accountable and pushed us and we had a lot of young guys too and so it was a lot of fun to kind of combine the group and, and push that as I think the younger guys ended up pushing the older guys just as much throughout the course of the year as we learned and kind of grew as a group. And yeah, uh, yeah like you said, it, it takes a lot of good bounces to be able to go on a run like that and, and things worked out in our favor. What, what was it like lifting that uh, the championship after you guys, after that, that final buzzer went off? Yeah, it was incredible. Um, it was just so satisfying for how the work we had put in and everything we had done. Um, to get there and, and you just don't know obviously you go on these long playoff runs and at the time texas tornado was a really big rival um and we went to a i think it was best of five back then um and we beat them in game five and i just remember like once we got over that hump like we were just like all right like let's not you know take this for granted we worked that hard to get past them and like maybe the second round so let's keep going keep going and then uh they did a round robin style in the in the finals and we were able to uh come out on top yeah, that's awesome. And just uh, just to experience everything you have, those, especially those last like two years with being on championship teams and just having to learn from all those experiences. And then you were also named North American Hockey League Goaltender of the Year that year as well with St. Louis. Like what, what do you think went into that success? Obviously, like the defense and everything, like having a strong team really helps that. But like just being able to learn from everything and just have that have that like uh, accolade in in your stats yeah it was great I think like you said it's a team effort um one there's gonna be games where you're off and you need your offense to put up yeah. a couple extra goals and then there's some games where you got to bail out them because there's going to be mistakes uh defensively or w whatever may have we may be in the penalty box a bunch or uh, things happen it's a long season and so um just to come out with a solid record um in itself it's hard enough and so just learning to win um, I think is something that really takes over, um, especially on the goalie side of things. Yeah, and like you go into go into playoffs as well, and like every in every league playoffs are just a, a different breed. So like, what was North American Hockey League playoffs like, and just being able to like get that like next step above the above the regular season. 
Yeah, it was huge. It gets ramped up. And I think uh, going on that run through Beltire was a good wake up call for me of just the next level up. And then obviously, like you said, St. Louis was the same thing as that next step up. And so you just, you have to raise your level of play um, to be competing as well as obviously you want to do more than just compete. You want to contribute, you want to win. And so um, finding ways to do that, I think it takes time. Um, I think it's not something that just happens. It's just a matter of you got to log your hours and, and find a way to, uh, to come out on top and, and what it takes to do that. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a recipe or anything written down. I think it's one of those things, like you said, you just have to, you have to play the games. You got to learn, you got to have the right group and you got to have the right balances. Yeah. I like how you said you have to find and find a way. Cause especially when you, when you get into the playoffs, like it's a whole new level, like we've been talking about and you just got to find those ways to win games because it could be a one nothing game a 2-1 game and you just have to battle and just do anything you can dig deep to get that win yeah it's huge and and it was my first time too I think uh where it was like a best of five best of seven series where you're seeing the same team the same shooters the same high-end guys and so you kind of start learning I really enjoyed I think that process of learning like their power play their four check whatever it may be um, and then kind of getting used to it so that I thought I was able to raise my play throughout the series as I learned and was maybe one of my better assets was just kind of, uh, I guess, diagnosing the game to an extent of uh, how I was seeing it, and how I was able to break it down, uh, made things a little easier for me. It's also big, a uh, big learning experience on on the body as well, and, and as well as just to recover because you are putting your body through so much more in playoffs that you just have to do anything you can to help yourself recover and feel good for the next game. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a process. And obviously at the time I was young and probably didn't even realize it, what I would do to feel like that now probably, but uh, no, it's uh, like you said, it's tough on the body. And then I think even just mentally of being able to show up every night and, and give your a game. I think that's something you learn as well. Um, especially now in pro of the, just the consistency aspect, you see the guys that are doing well and the guys that move off the levels, um, they're able to show up and bring their a game night in and night out. And obviously that is not an easy thing to do because, uh, you might get one game at hundred percent to start the season. Yeah. That's probably the last one you're seeing. And so uh, you need to work uh, on the ice, off the ice, and then as much physically as it is mentally. Yeah, exactly. And then after the, after that year in St. Louis, you took another step in the right direction to go pro with going to going to college, NCAA Division One with Ferris State University. So, what was the process like to pick Ferris State to be your school for the next four years? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to start having some options. Um, once uh, we started doing well in St. Louis, kind of started the season off on the right foot and uh, started getting some options. And then it was just a matter of finding a good school, good conference that I was going to get tested in as well as an opportunity to play. Um, I think now it's maybe a little more popular where guys are getting more games in school. But at the time, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was uh, very one a number one and a number two and so if you were the number one you were playing every single game and it it didn't really matter about the other guy and he might get a game or two here and there thrown in throughout the season but then you were that guy until the number one was gone unless you you know got lucky and beat him out or but it was very rare and so um, at the time they had a lot of movement in their system and um, 
it just looked like a good spot and a place where I could start getting games as a freshman to uh, to start pushing towards that next step. Yeah, exactly. And like you played in 16 games that first year going eight and seven, like 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 we said, like now, like you'll you'll be freshman, like you could be lucky to play like five games now. But like you played 16 your first year. So what was it? What was the important part of just getting that experience in that first first year? The uh, yeah, like you said, no, it was huge. Um, it, it can be really tough. I mean, I played against guys, talked to guys, had other buddies in school, and they might have only gotten yeah a couple games in their first couple of years, and it's like that's a lot of practice, a lot of work, doing yeah everything you can just to try to get a taste of the net, and just because there happens to be an older guy that's doing well in front of you, and so for me to get as many games I did uh, at a young age, I think really paid off. Um, I definitely had my struggles. There was some ups and downs, some some big games, some some games I was on the bench, you know, ten minutes into the first period. But that's the way it goes, and and those teach you a lot of lessons and and stuff you go through. Maybe what did I do right? Maybe was I prepared? You name it, you go through laundry list of things. But uh, at the end of the day, you just have to learn from it and, and move on to the next day. And I think that was one of the bigger things that helped me a ton. Yeah, and that that first year is huge for like developing as a as a freshman in college because you get to experience, especially like when you're playing a lot, you get those experiences. Like you could get pulled within five ten minutes, like you said. Just gotta go into your preparation, just everything. So like, what what did you find out about like your preparation that your preparation that may have not been been the best like as a freshman when you would get pulled ten minutes in. Yeah, I think everything from the week before his practices to my habits of cleaning those up, um, improving off-ice stuff, uh, if it's away from the rink of what you're eating, drinking, um, as well as what you're doing at the rink to help your body to get it ready. And I mean, even to this day, they're still learning new stuff. And so that's what's yeah. pretty neat about the industry. Um, but at the time, I think that was one of those things I maybe took for granted of I was, you know, playing well when I was younger. I was athletic. I you you don't know what you don't know and so you're always yeah. just kind of surviving and pushing and you find ways to be successful and then all of a sudden it's like okay it's the next level like now you got to do a little more and then at the next level you got to do a little bit more than what you're doing before sometimes even a lot more if, if you want to be successful at that level and so for me I think part of that was like we said the on ice the off ice the preparation going through that but then like the mental side I think was enormous of hey you're gonna get pulled you know if you play 40 times it's bound to happen there's just not your night and some nights you might not have it some nights the team might not have it some nights there's some bad bounces and so just being able to come back and play the next game and and, and bounce back and play well um, and find a way to win that next game after a bad game or or doing things like that and staying hungry and, and wanting to still improve and wanting to win um, I think really pushes those things yeah, and just having that like that like refresh button uh, in your brain, especially like when you do get pulled, like you said, you get yanked, and then like if you if you think about it, the next game, like what do you think is gonna happen? You probably are gonna get yanked again. So you just gotta have that clean slate, and just have that like after the game, just forget about it, and then move on to the next game. Yeah, absolutely. It's easy to spiral, like we said earlier, and so. Um... I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's one of those things if you just get it out of your system and that was last game and, you know, I've done well here where I am and wherever that may be for younger guys or whatever they're fighting through. And so yeah. you just got to show up and battle that next night and, and find a way to be um, contributing to your team.
Yeah. So then after your first year, you go into your second year, you played 22 games where you go seven, 11 and three. So you guys struggle a bit. It's so like, what, what do you learn from a season like that when the team's struggling, like you may be struggling a bit and just to be able to just come up the next season, play, play even better. Yeah. I think that one was a really tough one. Um, I don't know about sophomore slumps, but you hear about them. And to an extent, oh, yeah. I think we had a lot of young guys um, that we had a big turnover there um, in classes. And so my class had a bunch of guys, one ahead of us and below us both had a lot of guys pushing that really wanted to move on and continue playing hockey. And so we definitely went through our bumps and bruises where we'd get rolling and then we'd get cold and get rolling and get cold. And so I learned that kind of the hard way and then I had a great guy with me there Taylor Nelson came in he was a year behind me and so he really started pushing me um in practice and games um because you don't want to lose your net you want to do everything yeah. you can to get the games and especially with the college schedule Friday Saturday pretty much at that time both of us were getting a game uh each weekend and so you knew you had to take advantage and I think I struggled with that at times of you know if I didn't have a good game Friday then I'd have to wait wait an entire week to play again and so that's yeah. not always easy either yeah exactly and then you go you learn from those experiences you go on your second your third and fourth year playing 26 games and 37 games so like what were those final two years like before finally being being able to turn pro yeah, they were awesome. Um, I think knowing it's it's not your net necessarily, but it, it is like to the extent of you're going to have that opportunity and so you yeah. need to run with it or else, you know, there's another guy nipping at your heels that's really good goalie as well. And so uh, when I was able to play back-to-back, um, I think it made a big difference. Like we talked about seeing teams more than once is always nice, but then just the flow of the game, a lot of times I thought I played even better on the back-to-back night of just being – game ready um it takes a while uh to get into a season especially i think at our position it's one of the tougher ones of getting up to speed with the game and then staying um in it whereas players sometimes are able to practice a bit if they're not playing as much and get their touches in and do things where i don't know if it always replicates the same for goalies yeah exactly it just you just got to keep going and keep uh experiencing everything you go and just keep getting keep getting better every every single year, especially if you want your goal to be uh, playing pro. Like just go throughout every year, and then at the end of your senior year, you uh, signed with the Norfolk Admirals in the American Hockey League at the time. So, what was the process like to sign right out of school? Yeah, that was awesome. I was fortunate enough to sign uh, with Tampa Bay Lightning for, for two years, and so then when I was sent down there it was my first eye-opening experience with pro hockey, and so that was that was a big deal. I think it was a good wake-up call to say the least of just you know this is now your full-time job and so um, yeah getting that first call from Steve Eiserman at the time he'd been you know an idol in in Detroit and coming up and uh, he had then just taken over uh, for the lightning and so that was that was a pretty big deal Uh, getting that coming out of class and seeing that voicemail um, as we had gone through the process with my agent and everything and then come up with uh, them being the best opportunity for me. Yeah, so you go in, like you said, you learn, like it's a big learning experience and a big eye-opener that that year or that time that you're with Norfolk. So like what were some of the biggest takeaways from that year, especially since you since you are starting to be a professional goalie and like this is going to be your full-time job? Yeah, it took me a couple seasons to say the least. Uh, I struggled at times uh, over those first couple of years of, with consistency and 
just the everyday grind of it. It is a very, very long season. And in that first one, uh, it pushes you because you have development camp in the summer, you have rookie camp before NHL camps. And you, as you get sent down, you have AHL camp. And I went to ECHL camp that year. So I went down the whole ladder of it. And it's like by December, January, you're played as many games as you played the year before and you're burnt out. And it's like, Hey, we still have the second half of the season and then playoffs. And so uh, it took me a couple of seasons there to start producing and, and to really um, feel like I was holding my own. Yeah. It's like when you do feel like burned out and everything, like, how do you like, how do you like change that like mindset of being like, Oh, I'm, I'm burned out. I'm tired. And just to be able to, since it, you do have a whole second half, like just to be able to, to go in every day, grind and be consistent. Yeah, it's it. It was really tough. It it took me a lot of years um, to continue, and I mean, I don't think that ever leaves. Uh, there's still dog days now, and I don't yeah. think that goes away. You can ask anyone that's playing. Um, it is tough because, like you said, there's just parts of the season where you have your lulls and you can get frustrated, and so. Um, to be able to push that day in and day out, you got to have good people surrounding you um on the ice off the ice at the rink you name it and so i think it takes the whole system the whole group you're with um if you're going to be able to accomplish some things and have a have a strong season yeah exactly and like then you go into your first official pro season where you get to stand up with the admirals in the american league again but you spent majority of your season down in the in the coast with the florida everblades where you guys end up going on a Kelly Cup championship and winning that year. So what was that season like and being able to end the season with yet another championship? Yeah, I was I was pretty lucky to have that happen. I, I don't think I realize how hard it is um, when there's 30 other teams, now 32 these days, uh, yeah. to come out on top. Uh, just even be fortunate enough to go on a playoff run. I mean, half the teams don't even make the playoffs nowadays. And so it's, it's that much tougher. Um, and so that one, that was a pretty unique year, the way it worked out. And then I ended up even going up to Norfolk and they won it all um, after that. And I was the third goalie there. And so it was just, I was spoiled. I didn't, I didn't realize that, Hey, this doesn't happen every season. And so, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty neat uh, to be a part of that, seeing what guys put in. It was my first real taste of it. Um, and so that was awesome. And then obviously it's pretty tough to get back after that. Yeah, great, great first year where the AHL team wins and the ECHL team wins, and you're both on on the on the roster for that. It's like, what do you what do you learn from, especially at a pro standpoint, where you're in a championship run and you go on to win a championship, and how close like you need to be as a team in order for a championship to happen. Yeah, I thought that was the neatest part of it is just learning the ins and outs of you have so much turnover throughout the season um, with call-ups, send-downs, trades, guys going to Europe, coming from Europe, you name it. Uh, it's never any revolving door in the minors. And so um, to build a core group somewhere is really tough to do. And, and we were fortunate enough to be able to do that. And uh, just to want to go to bat for the guy next to you, it, it goes a long ways. And, and you can see kind of over seasons of what teams have that right group and have a chance versus the other ones that are just kind of collecting a paycheck and trying to get to the next season. Yeah, exactly. And like, so then after that year and that spectacular year in Florida, you go on to play with Syracuse a little bit the following year and where you also spend a lot of time in the, in the coast with the Everblades. And then you go to the 
Texas and then Idaho the following year after that. So like, what were those two years like? And just being able to like get the realities of pro hockey down where you're, especially in the minors when you're going up and down constantly. Yeah, it started, it started quick uh, in that system of up and down and all around. And so uh, it takes its toll. It's hard. Um, I mean, it definitely makes you look in the mirror and it's like, Hey, do I really want to do this? Um, it's one thing to get a couple games under your belt and pro, but to sustain it, and be able to play for more than a couple of years is, is really difficult. Uh, I think it's an eye opener for a lot of people. And it was for me too, that like, Hey, I'm going to have to start doing something a lot better if I want to stay in this industry. Uh, and so I just tried to ramp up my play and, and really improve it on a daily basis. Like we said, if it's in practice, if it's in games, if it's in the summer, um, you know, I wasn't, just a college student anymore. I couldn't just have fun all the time and, yeah. and then just show up, show up in the fall and then get into shape and get going because you're that much further behind everyone. And so that was, that was good for me. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough first couple seasons for me. Like you said, just so much travel, so much up and down, a lot of mind games and stuff like that, that I needed to learn that it's just part of it. And so, you know, it's not always just, oh, they're picking on me. Guess what? This is happening to five guys in this system and, you know, five guys on every other system in the league. And so it's just part of the process. And so, yeah, it was nice to start kind of getting some games there that next season in Idaho and get rolling and be able to kind of take over my game a little bit to at least have an opportunity to continue to play. Yeah, exactly. And like, just you learn a lot throughout all those experiences and you add a lot of miles onto your car and everything and flights and everything, but you rack up those, those frequent flyer uh, points for sure. But uh, like a lot of like younger kids, like don't understand about like, and the importance of like off ice training, especially like in the off season, like how important was that, especially like, especially going into the professional level is just like you said, being able to trust your training and actually do the work that like you can't always have fun but you got to actually train for for the season coming up yeah i think i i truly struggled with that for a bit just basically of hey it's not up to me on what days i can train or what days you know maybe you have to say no to golf and the next day or no to going downtown and going out with your buddies back home or whatever that case may be and, and it took me a while and I mean, it's, you know, it's still tough for this day. Obviously I'm older now with kids and stuff like that, but you don't get as many green lights as you used to, but uh, you, you definitely have to learn to pick and choose. And I think that's the same thing on off the ice as well as it is during the season um, to give your shot a chance, give your body a chance to rest, recover, you know, truly get an off day here and there just because you don't get many with the travel schedule and, the, and how many games you play nowadays. Yeah, recovery recovery is definitely a big part of having having that success because you can't go constantly. But you, when when you are when you have to take those off days, like you have to take those off days and just be able to recover your body a little bit, then get right back to it the next day. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because I, I don't think I had too many real off days till I was a little later in life. So, yeah, you, you tend to appreciate them. Yeah, exactly. But then in 2014-15, this is where you traveled a lot. You played with four incumbents for 33 games. Then you got loaned to Lake Erie, then loaned to Rochester, Grand Rapids, and Utica. So, like, what was, like, obviously you spent a lot of time in the American League that year with being loaned. But, like, what was that year like, especially, like, since you're on six different teams that year? Yeah, it was my first year being on an ECHL deal. And so I think maybe I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder that, you know, I was no longer on an NHL or an AHL deal or anything like that. I was going to have to really work to 
to stay in the hockey just because nowadays there's so many affiliated guys and contracted guys that you have to really play well and play over someone in order to uh, to stand out and to get games. And so I ended up uh, being able to get up a bunch that year and get some different opportunities. I think that helped me a ton um, of just saying, hey, look, I can be a consistent guy in the American League, but obviously it's not going to be easy. Through, throughout those like years of professional, professional hockey that you've had so far, like you spent, you had a very good opportunity in Grand Rapids in the American League where you, you played there, you got loaned up there a bunch, and in 20, 2019, 2020, you actually got 20 games in with Grand Rapids going 9-8-3 or 9-8-1. So, like, what was the important part about getting that big opportunity with Grand Rapids since you've been on ECHL contracts ever since before that? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I was lucky – Probably the biggest change was once I signed with Grand Rapids and then was sent to Toledo and just had a fresh start, um, was able to do well in Toledo for a couple seasons, um, go up to Grand Rapids here and there. But um, finally, then I was able to kind of get my my foot in the door there and, and get consistent games where I was able to take that next step. And so being in Detroit and going to camp with them um, was was a great privilege. And so that really that really pushed me to really want to continue playing, go like it was almost like a second wind once I went to that organization. And so um, it was great. I'd been treated well everywhere else along the way, but uh, sometimes you just need a change of scenery. And so going there uh, really gave me that and just the way things were ran in Toledo and in Grand Rapids was awesome. And so that just kind of pushed me over the hump. Yeah. And like, you got a great opportunity there. You played a lot of games in Toledo and then you got like 30 plus games in Grand Rapids. So like, that that was a great experience for you and like that's sometimes all you need like you said is a fresh start and like just to clear the mind a little bit and just have like that refresh button where you can just be like I can go I can just go and play and just be free yeah it was awesome uh just some new coaches uh, a lot of new staff talking to new people development guys uh the goalie coaching um it was just like you said a lot of fresh faces a lot of new comments new eyes on you um, I was a little older at the time then, um, obviously not a prospect or anything anymore, but uh, you're still always learning. You're still always pushing that. Um, and so that was great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed my time. There. I was fortunate enough to be in that system for four years. And like you said earlier, um, on a PTO before that when I was with Fort Wayne. And so um, just to enjoy that much time. And it was the first time I really had been in a system for that long. And so you become familiar with the coaches in the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL. And I was able to build a lot of bonds that, you know, will go beyond my playing days. And so it was it was great. Yeah. So like what's the biggest takeaway from playing in Grand Rapids and being at an AHL level, like full like full time there and just being able to like just live the, the American Hockey League life and not really worry about anything else? Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously, just going up and down so much in my career, um, there was a lot of times where you'd get a couple games up in the A and you just would never feel safe or confident. It's yeah. like, okay, if I don't have a shutout, like I'm getting sent down the next day. I'm like, well, do you, you know, if you gave up six or you gave up zero, you were getting sent down the next day or whatever yeah. the case may be because there's, you know, a prospect that's ahead of you that it was his turn and he was healthy then or somebody up top was coming down or there's just so many moving parts. And so, then when you're playing well and contributing that often on a consistent basis, I think it really paid off of just being able to take a breath and focus on hockey and, and really work on my craft.
Yeah, exactly. And like that, like that, like refresh, like led you into a spot where you're with Team USA at the Olympics in 2022. So like what, what was that experience since it's like you're playing at the Olympic level, you're playing at the international levels, like what was being part of the Team USA Olympic team like? Yeah, it was incredible. Um, it, was, it was almost too good to be true because obviously it's been a long road and a lot of a lot of ups and downs. Uh, obviously, all of my career has been in the minors uh, for that matter. And so you don't really know where else you're going after, whatever you're chasing. Obviously, you're still hungry for what's next and, and trying to push yourself and try to improve and, and get an opportunity to go to the next level, wherever that level may be, and continue climbing the ladder until you're at the top. And so for me, it was just pushing it. And so my time was done in Detroit system. And I was fortunate enough to come over to Phillies and, and be in Lehigh and I was able to get some games in Reading to start the year where I played a ton and then come to Lehigh and do the same. And it just was able to kind of run with that. And so it was great um, to just kind of get back into playing a ton after the COVID year um, and get my confidence back and, and get going. And so then when some of those rumblings started coming out, uh, I didn't really take it too serious because I just figured, you know, hey, there's there's a lot of guys ahead of me. There's younger guys, uh, whatever that case may be. Yeah. And then uh, once it started getting serious, uh, it, was, it was pretty neat. It was pretty special to uh, be able to call my parents and tell them and my family and everything. So it was it was great. Yeah, you're you're representing your country that like there's no better feeling than that. And like you're able to just you're at the top of the top at that level. And you're just you gain like that confidence, like you said, it's like there's really nothing better than just being putting that sweater on. And just being being a part of Team USA at the at the 2022 Olympics. Yeah, it was very special going through that entire process and just seeing how much goes into it and getting to meet all the guys and knowing a few guys prior to that from playing against in college and in pro and some guys from Michigan. It, it was it was awesome. Yeah, exactly. And like going throughout like the the Philadelphia organization, like this year you were at the NHL NHL camp with the with the Flyers. So what was that? experience like and just being able to be at an NHL training camp again yeah it was great um it's something you, you never want to take for granted as you know over the years sometimes you're frustrated like oh man I gotta leave a month early or yeah. when you know you're probably getting sent down and that's just the way of it but then uh, going to a bunch in a row and being in Detroit and not really knowing you know a lot of new faces here and stuff like that it's always a little nerve-wracking but we had a great group of guys here and, and a lot of guys from Lehigh last year were there and so uh, it was awesome um, a lot of familiar faces then make it a little easier as well as just meeting all the new people in Philly and uh, just trying to show what you have. Yeah, that that's that's unreal. What a what a great experience to get back to an NHL development camp. But uh, Pat, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I want to wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. And I look forward to following your career the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.